Hallelujah. Give Jesus the biggest hand clap. You can do better than that. Let's celebrate the King of Kings, our risen Savior. Somebody shout hallelujah. Well, this, this is a very impressive Monday night crowd. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. Um, before I do, I'm going to you know, ask my wife to join me. I know some of you thought I just brought a strange girl with me on the road. But we, she actually married me, you know. Out of pity, but... Hallelujah. 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 Are you excited to be in the house of God tonight? It feels so it feels so good in here. I just want to take it in. Look at everybody. Like like uh, Pastor Co Evangelist Kofi said it. This is a, a good Monday night crowd. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming out. Just like I did you come hungry? Anybody? Like that song said, taste taste and see, taste and see that the Lord is good. So if you came hungry, if you came thirsty, if you came with your spirit in a place to receive, you leave here, the, where, you, where you taste is in the presence of God. You will leave here having tasted, having seen that God is good. Amen. Turn to your the person on your left and say, this is your night. Turn to the person on your right and say, actually, it's my night. It's my night. Tonight's your night. It's your night. It's your night. It's your night. Whatever you came believing here for, whatever you came expecting God to move on your behalf, he can do that. We come from all, all the way across the country, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we're excited to be here. Like, I mean, Evangelist Kofi has said it all. We, we love Pastor Sandy. We love Pastor George. We love being here. We love Georgie. We love Mirari. We love the whole family. And we love the way that you guys welcome us. But I love even more hearing the testimonies. Even yesterday, just day one, testimonies just rolling in. And we know that that's just the beginning of what God can do in your life. Even before we came here, testimonies of what God has done in each and every one of your lives. So the fact that you're in this church, what God has delivered some of you from. It's a miracle. And it's just the beginning. Can you say amen? So that's it. I just wanted to welcome you, say thank you. Thank you for being here. We don't take that lightly. We don't take it for granted. My name's Chi-Chi. This is uh, Evangelist Kofi. Tell them one testimony. From this week? No, Ever? One? Mm. I, I'll, I'll say, I like to tell ones that um, are from my point of, a different point of view, I'll say. Because Evangelist Kofi has the, um, a, di a, a very unique perspective. There's no one that sees what he sees because he's the man of God ministering. But seeing things in the background and seeing God move behind the scenes, you know, sometimes there's things that people share that he might not know. So uh, one of the ones, man, I'll tell two. One of the ones specifically um, is a, a, a healing miracle of a, a young lady who was believing to have kids. And that's something that um, more so now than I, than I heard when I was younger, you hear more and more of young women, young families, young couples uh, struggling to have children. And how many children are a blessing from the Lord? 
were commanded to be fruitful and multiply. And so that was the desire of their heart. But for some reason, year after year, um, anniversary after anniversary, they weren't seeing that in their lives. And so they came to the man of God believing. And she was a personal friend of mine. And I had, you know, walked with her and seen her through loss and through, you know, hopeful hopeful pregnancies that actually it turned out to be a negative test and so I didn't know actually that they sought out Pastor Kofi so whenever they came and she said she was pregnant it was a time to rejoice but also it was like okay let's buckle down like not only are you pregnant but God is going to see you through the pregnancy and sure enough after they they sought Kofi and he prayed for them blessed them blessed the pregnancy they turned up pregnant and 10 nine months later she has her fruit in her hand now about to celebrate the baby's first year so for me personally as a friend, like, yes, that's cause to rejoice. Uh, another one, too. I wasn't there for this. I just heard it secondhand. But um, Kofi went to Tanzania last year. And it was testimonies from day one. The, co- the crowd kept growing. The testimonies, miracles kept pouring in. But a man came to the field with an open wound. Like, he had just gotten off the surgery table. I'm, not, I- I'm missing details here. Kofi can tell it. She wasn't there, so so I got to tell her. So it was a crusade in Tanzania, and after the, the night, we give opportunity for people that have been touched by God to come forward and give a testimony. And matter of fact, we interview the people before they come up the stage because, you know, people are people. So this guy lifted up his shirt. And there was some stuff on his shirt. So, I, you know, I don't like looking at nasty things. <laughs> so I told, them to, I, told them to, I told him to put the shirt down. But listening to the testimony, he had an open sore in his belly that would be oozing out fluids. Nasty. He's been to the hospital. He's tried um, traditional medicine, and nothing seems to be helping. And just he, he, like according to his testimony, nasty things will come out of there. The open saw. So after prayer, the saw the saw dried up and a brand new skin covered the, the saw. So because I told him to put his shirt down and cover it, we couldn't we captured when it was healed, but we were not able to capture the before because I didn't want to look at it, you know. <laughs> but it was amazing. Um, thank you. By the grace of God, I'll let you sit down in a moment. By the grace of God, we've... Well, before I do, let me introduce my friend, which I'm very honored that he's here. And now, it's like now your shoe game is off the roof now. My friend, Adam Lamb. Adam, welcome. Love you, Thanks for coming. All right. Let me play this video. And the reason why I'm playing this video, I know some of you have already seen it, but there's new people coming every night. And also, I like watching that video. (laughs) I have the video on my phone and I watch it all the time. Because, um, like I said yesterday, every clip has a story. Every clip has a story. Every person in the video has a story. And every time I watch the video, somebody else pops up 
and I'm reminded of the story. And it just stirs me up. And it, it, it makes me grateful to God and then makes me sad for the devil. Poor devil. Poor devil. All right, so you can roll the video and let's enjoy it. You could be seated. Hallelujah. Last night, we heard some amazing testimonies. And I'm talking about me and Pastor Cindy and my wife, because people came after the service, maybe in the course of the week. Uh, before Wednesday, I would give people opportunity to share what God has done for them or what God is doing for them. One of the ones that stood out to me, there was a lady who actually had suffered from stroke and was paralyzed on one side, and the Lord healed her, and she was able to lift up her hands and do things that she could write in this church. Amen. Not from our crusades, right in this church. So what, what I always say is if God heals one, then that is a proof that God is here. Hallelujah. And that is a proof that he's still in the healing business. The Bible said that God is not a respecter of persons. What he has done for one, he can do it for all. Amen. Amen. I was thinking about something with my wife. Once I was driving, I was thinking about it, and I was talking about it with my wife. And I said, one of the worst things you can do as a business owner, when somebody misbehaves in your company, on your job place, somebody who has a place of... Um, 
in a management position or has any kind of influence or authority is to demote them. Because you are better off getting rid of them than to reduce them. Because when you demote people, what happens is, you know, people have too much pride. They're going to still walk around and try to boss people like they are still in management positions. So if you're going to demote somebody, just fire them. So if you look through the scriptures, that is actually basically what happened to the devil. The devil, the Bible said that he was cast out of heaven. The Bible said, you know, when you read in the book of Ezekiel, you read in Isaiah chapter 14, you know, the Bible talks about he was perfect. You know, when you look at, when you want to see what perfection looks like, you look at the devil. He was covered with all the precious stones. And then until iniquity was found in him and he became a curse and God kicked him out of heaven. And then Jesus came and the Bible says in Colossians that Jesus descended and stripped him of all his powers. So then the devil who was so glamorous, so beautiful, so powerful, all of a sudden became ugly and without power. So you ask yourself, if I was the devil, what would I do? I would want to act like I still have power. See, that is one of the biggest things that a lot of you know, Christians struggle to understand. That the devil is a powerless foe. He has no power. That is just the truth. If you can come into this revelation, it will be very good for you. Paul said that for we are not ignorant of his devices. What is the devices of the enemy? I said here yesterday that the only, the, the, only the power the devil has is the power that you give him. The only power, and I'm telling you, I am not speaking out of theory. There is a lot of good theologians out there. I'm not one of them. There's a lot of good, you know, people who have studied the theories of the Bible. I don't, I never look at the Bible as a, as a, as a book to be studied. I look at the Bible as God's letter or God's words for me. So there is people that can come up with all the good exegesis and the hermeneutics and all those good things. Good for them. But I'm telling you not only from, not only from a theoretical standpoint, I'm telling you from a practical standpoint. I have dealt with people who are considered very powerful people. And I'm talking about powerful in the sense of demonic powers. And every time we have encountered them, even in our crusades, it is a new revelation to us on how weak the devil is. Because when the devil shouts, or somebody who is possessed with a demon stands before a man or a woman or a child of God or anyone that knows who they are in Christ, you realize that the devil is no match for, for the child of God at all. At all. I'm not saying that, you know what, you know, because sometimes Hollywood has, we have a Hollywood uh, mind, mentality of how, you know, there is a power struggle between, I was watching something on YouTube, on, on Instagram, you know, those shorts or the things that they do. I think it was from um, a movie or something like that. And there was this um, exorcist that went, went to this family to cast out the devil from their little girl. And they went with the cross and they were, you know, going and they put the cross on the forehead. And they, that, is not, that is not the story of the Bible. That is not the story of dominion. 
We've stood, you know, we've gone to places. Let me tell you, there are certain things I, I can say here. I'm not going to say it. I'm not, if I force myself. <laughs> if, you know, but, <laughs> but when you look through the Bible, you, when you begin to accept the Bible, you will come into the truth of God's word and you would come into the realization of your place and position in life your place and position over the devil. And when you begin to walk, you realize that, that you know, you would be, there, was, there is this man of God that I know and I love so much. Can you put more bass in my voice, please? I want to sound like a man, you know. <laughs> there is this man, <laughs> there is this man of God. That <laughs> there is this man of God that I know from Africa. He has a very powerful ministry. He told me this story firsthand. He said they went out for a crusade and there was this little girl that came full of the devil and they prayed for the girl. The girl vomited out three coins. So he, they picked up the coins and they took it home. So he said when he got to the house, he set the coins on his um, coffee table and the next day he was sitting in his living room studying and all of a sudden he heard some noise on his roof. And in Africa, we don't use, you know, now we don't use the iron roofs. We use uh, those roofs that's made out of cement. Probably they have it in Mexico too, right? That is made out of cement. So for you to hear noise on it, there must be a lot of noise being made. So he went out and he said there was these three dwarfs, demon spirits, on the roof. And he asked them, what do you guys want? They said, we came for our coins. So he said, he opened the door and said, it's on the table, go for it. And the spirit spoke out and said, do you think we are stupid? You want us to come in so that you can burn us with your fire. <laughs> Let me tell you this. That is what the devil, de because the devil knows. The devil knows the word of God. The devil knows who he is. The problem is that many believers don't know who they are. That is the biggest problem. You know, there is many preachers and many teachers and many Christians that believe or think that they must pray the power down. But when you realize the Bible says that the greater one, and listen to me, I'm from Africa, we pray. I've been praying today. I'm not undermining prayer at all. But you have to understand prayer, what prayer is for. Amen. Amen. When you understand that the greater one is on the inside of you, you don't need to pull him from, from up down. You need to bring him from in out. In life, I remember when I bought my first Mercedes. Um, I bought it in 2013. Mercedes C300 a couple years ago. Very nice car. And then there was a noise in the car. So I needed to take it to the Mercedes dealership to get it sorted out. And I had a lot of friends. People looked at it and people made suggestions. Is this, is that, this is the what's wrong with it. Everybody, you know. But when I took it to the Mercedes dealership and the mechanic came, they started the car and the guy was able to diagnose it. He knew what it was before he, could put, before he even put a machine on it. Do you know why? Because he had knowledge about the vehicle. You realize that it's not what you don't know 
is what is destroying your life. What you don't know is what is destroying your life. The Bible said that for lack of knowledge, my people what perished. When you come into knowledge, automatically you have an advantage in life. The guy who was at the Mercedes dealership had an advantage over me when it comes to Mercedes cars because he was knowledgeable in that area. For you to receive anything from God, you must first receive knowledge of what God says, what God is saying concerning that situation. Many a times we pray and we don't even know what we are asking God because we don't even know what God's intent or God's mind is. You know, in life, we look at people and we say that, oh, this person is successful and they are lucky. No, they are not lucky. They know something that you don't know. You understand what I'm saying? So when you come into the truth, when you begin to get rid of the lies, when you come into the truth, then you can manifest what the truth says. So in the area of healing, when you begin to be informed about God's word, be informed about what God says concerning healing, then you begin to walk into God's healing power. Then you begin to learn or know how to walk into divine health. Amen. The reason why many Christians live a life of sickness or are sick is because they don't know what God's word says when in the area of healing. And the reason why, you know, we preached yesterday and barely prayed for anybody and people got healed is because all of a sudden a light bulb went off in, in their mind and in their spirit. Let me tell you this. Somebody says, so you always say that everyone is supposed to be healed. Would everyone get healed? I don't know. I'm not going for the ones that are not going to get healed. I'm going for the ones that will get healed. You understand what I'm saying? Because, you know, there is people that come into, you know, just like school, there's people that are able to comprehend quicker than others. But that's not what we are focusing on. The Bible says that the word of the Lord is like a seed. When the word comes, it falls into the soil of your heart. And the word would grow. And then, so eventually, if you stick with the word and do not give up, eventually, the word will bear fruit in your life. Amen. Because the Bible says that line upon line, precept upon precept, little here, little there. So yes, all you got to do is commit that I'm going to go with God. I'm going to see the manifestation of the word of God in my life. That I choose to believe the truth of God's word. When you begin to believe the truth of God's word, you will start forgetting all the lies that you've been told. When you begin to believe the truth of God's word, you will begin to forget all the lies that you've been told. Somebody say amen. amen. Tonight, I'm going to attempt to preach a message I've entitled, How to Receive Your Miracle Healing. How to Receive Your Miracle Healing. You have to understand this. Somebody will say, yeah, but I, I don't need to be healed. You don't only receive God's word when you need a miracle or you need healing. God has commissioned every single one of us to carry his power and bring it to the lost and the dying world. 
Amen. How to receive. And then, you know, faith. Faith works. You know, the same faith for healing is the same faith you need for your financial breakthrough. It's the same faith you need for salvation. Amen. That is why even after tonight, there's people that are going to give their life to the Lord. Last night, people, I preached on healing and people gave their life to the Lord. That's how it works. Amen. Amen. How to receive your miracle healing. I want you to open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to read from the verse number 23. And I say I'm going to attempt to preach it because... I try and I'm always, almost always, never able to finish my message. So I'm going to attempt to preach, finish my message today. Matthew chapter 4, the verse number 23. And the Bible reads, this is God's letter to you. This is God's letter to you. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue, Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus went about all, the, all Galilee teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing all. Yesterday, we emphasized on the word all. Today, so you see that everywhere Jesus went, any sick person that was ever brought to him, what did he do? He healed some. He healed a few. He healed those that he could. And the ones that he couldn't, he said, come back tomorrow. No, the Bible says that they brought and, they, and healing all kinds. See, he healed all kinds of sickness. All kinds of sickness. So it doesn't matter the name that has been given to your sickness. It doesn't matter the title, the tag, what the doctors call it. He healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. So if you came here with cosidiosis, <laughs> tuberculosis, HIV AIDS, um, whatever disease, even if your disease has not been named, they said that Jesus healed all kinds. Hallelujah. Oh man, if you are sick or you know someone sick, you are in the right place. Because Jesus is here. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah, man. I love that scripture so much. Every time I'm in Africa and I stand on the crusade stage, all I keep quoting and keep telling people, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. And I tell them what Jesus did then. And I tell them that he's the same today. And I tell them what he's doing today. And he's the same forever. What he will do for you even after you leave the crusade place. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forever. So the Bible says that in Jesus went about all Galilee teaching. See, that is why it is very, very important. That's why I teach first. I feel bad for people going around trying to heal people before teaching them. Jesus never did that. You need to let people know 
what the word of God says. There is many people that have been disappointed because they've had all hands, kinds, different kinds of hands laid upon them and nothing happened because they don't know the word. And then they get disappointed. Oh, all the greats have laid hands on me. So they look at you and said, you little African boy, what are you going to do? I've had really big men lay hands on me and nothing happened. So, you know, they go to, from revival services to revival services because they come to church and they are not even listening to what the preacher is saying. They are just waiting for the preacher to finish mumbling and talking all his talks so that he can lay hands on them. But let me tell you this, power is in the word. The word of God, the Bible says that Jesus is the living word. There was nothing, in John chapter 1, there was nothing that was made apart from the word. There was nothing that was made apart from the word. You need the word. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, we know by faith that this word as we see it was framed by the word of God. You need to know what the word of God says. You need to understand and you need to believe what the word of God says. Jesus spent time teaching and preaching about the kingdom. It is not a magic show. Understand that? It is not a magic show. You don't come here and we sing two, three songs and everybody sit, lay down, roll down. You are healed and you go. The power, the Bible says that for he sent forth his word. The power of God. Jesus, listen to me. Paul said that for I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? For the gospel is the power of God at work. Saving men. All men. All men. Jesus went about Galilee teaching. He went there teaching in their synagogues. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of diseases. All kinds. We saw um, somebody testify yesterday. The Lord healed her of her heart problems. Another woman um, testified. The Lord healed her of stroke. Another young man, he said, I had a surgery and I, it was supposed to take a certain amount of time for me to be healed. And yesterday, the Lord healed me of that problem. All kinds of diseases. All kinds. All manner of diseases. So it doesn't matter what you came here with. I would rejoice. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. With, when we travel by the grace of God, we see all kinds. All kinds. I remember I was on Facebook Live, just ministering on Facebook Live. And all of a sudden, I believe it was morning prayer, when I used to be spiritual and do morning prayer. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get back to it. And whilst I was ministering, I felt a quickening in my spirit. I said, and this is a very unusual word of knowledge to give. I said, there is somebody watching me. You've been bleeding. I said, there's a young girl watching me. You've been bleeding for four and a half years. And the Lord is healing you. And it, the blood is going to dry up. I don't know anything about women bleeding. I don't know how long they bleed. I don't know anything. But I said four and a half years. Four and a half years for anything is a very long time. You know, even if you can eat your favorite meal for four and a half years straight, you're going to get tired of it. 
So it's a very long time. Poor devil. So I said then, I said, hey, if you are watching me, make a note in the comments so that I'll pray for you. Nobody wrote anything so embarrassing. But I knew because just like I walked up to that lady not knowing what her problem was and I said, I've been doing this for, for long enough to know when God is moving on somebody and God is going to heal you and then she testified and served that God healed her. I, I knew that it was the Lord. So I went ahead and I prayed though nobody wrote anything. So months later, probably two, three months later, I was in Florida standing, standing outside of the river Around 2 o'clock, you know, service had ended around 1.30 in the morning. And this group of young people came to me from San Antonio. And one girl said, hey, evangelist, can I tell you something? He said, I was watching your broadcast at night after work. So that is the reason why she couldn't write because it was in the morning and she was watching in the replay. And he said, I was watching it at night and you gave a word and said, there is a girl, young girl that has been bleeding. This girl was around the age, probably 19, 18 between 19 and 21. He said, I've been bleeding for four and a half years, and when you said that, immediately you said that it dried up, and I've never had that problem again. All kinds. All kinds. And I could tell you story after, let me tell you one more. I was on this morning broadcast again, and there is this guy that I know, he's a chef from um, Quebec. I know him very well, he's my friend. But whilst I was broadcasting, all of a sudden, his name popped up in my head. And I felt very strong because he'd been married. You know, and I didn't know what they were believing God for. So after that, I called him. I said, hey, hear the word of the Lord. A year by this time, a baby would suck on the breast of your wife. He started crying. I said, what is the problem? He says that my wife was born with something wrong with her uterus or ovary, whatever wrong with her. And the doctor said that it will be impossible for her to have a child. And even if she conceives, her womb will not, is not strong enough to hold the baby. And even if it holds the baby, she, she might end up dying from it. I said, well, poor devil. I don't know, I don't know what the doctor said, but this is what the word of the Lord said, a baby shall Feed from the breast of your, mother, your wife. And when I got off the phone, I said, Father, let them adopt a boy. <laughs> no. So in December, I got a phone call flying to Africa, December of 2020. I was flying to Africa. At the airport, I got a phone call. He said, hey, I haven't told anyone, but I wanted you to be the first person I tell. I said, what is wrong? He said, my wife is pregnant, but the doctors are freaking out. I said, hear the word of the Lord. A year by this time, a baby shall breastfeed out of the breast of your wife. I'll talk to you later. Then a few months later, called me and they said, the doctors are freaking out. They said, we need to abort this baby. I said, hear the word of the Lord. A year by this time, a baby shall breastfeed out of the, um, shall suck out of the breast of your wife. And then we got on the phone call. And then he called me again. They said, the baby is not growing in the womb. It is dangerous. I said, hear the word of the Lord. A year by this time, a baby shall breastfeed from the breast of your wife. And then he called me again. He said, oh, this is bad. I said, what is it? They said, the cord, the umbilical cord is wrapped around the neck of the baby. I said, hey, hear the word of the Lord. 
And I, I told him again. So I was driving. One day I was driving to go buy a new gun at the gun shop. And it, I, I felt so strong to call him. I called him. I said, hey, I don't know what is going on. I don't want you to explain to me, but hear the word of the Lord. Your wife would have the baby, and the baby shall be saved, and your wife shall be saved. He started crying. They were at the hospital. Bad, having bad news. I said, I don't care about the bad news. But the word of the Lord said, within a few hours, he called me and said that my wife had the baby. The baby was healthy. There was nothing wrong with the baby. Though the baby was very little when they, because the baby was not growing in the womb. But the baby came out and started eating. Healthy baby, nothing wrong with the baby. Perfect baby. So you see, it doesn't matter how impossible, because the Bible said, what is impossible with man? I'm telling you this, when they have told you that it is impossible for you to come out of that situation, then you need to rejoice, because that means that men have given hope on you. And the Bible said that for God shall not share his glory with any man, you are a candidate for God to get all the glory in your situation in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus went out about Galilee teaching in the synagogue, healing all kinds. He was healing cancer. He was healing leprosy. He was healing abdominal problem. He was healing fibroid. He was healing degenerated disc. He was healing bad knee. He was healing bad hearing. He was healing bad eyesight. He was healing mental problems. He was healing all kinds of sickness. All kinds. Oh, but you know, I don't have any problem just that my pinky hurts, but I'm, 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 I'm learning to deal with it. Jesus would heal you too. Hallelujah. Jesus will heal you too. Because I've come to the realize, I've come to the realization that there is nothing called a small sickness. There is nothing called a small sickness. It doesn't matter how small you might think it is. Sickness and goal is to kill. There's people that have died of flu. There's people that have died of back aches. There's people that have died of simple ear infections. So there's nothing called small. You should, you should hate every kind of sickness with every fiber of your being. Because sickness was never the intention of God. It is not part of God's perfect will for mankind. Hallelujah. That is why Jesus, when he walked on the face of the earth, he went, he spent his life going around driving sickness out of the lives and in the bodies of people. That was, you know, if I ask you what did Jesus do? Everybody knows, yes, apart from him going on the cross, everybody knows he was working miracles. What kind of miracles? He was making miracles in the lives of the people. He was healing people. So you need to have a strong stand against sickness. Go to verse 24. He was healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. And then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people. 
who were afflicted with various diseases. So you see, they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases. Talking about Jesus. His fame went about. When, when he got there and he began to heal all kinds of sickness and diseases, his fame, people started talking about him. People started telling, hey, there is a man here. It doesn't, you know, no matter what you are dealing with, you should go to him. That was probably how the woman with the issue of blood even heard about him. Because the Bible says that for she had heard about Jesus. So his fame was going all around. That was what Jesus did. It is very, very sad when people tell you that, oh, Jesus healed then, but he's not healing today. Oh, what kind of wicked devil. That is why religion is so bad. Because what religion does is that religion indoctrinates you. What indoctrination does is that indoctrination makes you stop thinking. Indoctrination tells you that you can think in a certain way, but if you want to think differently, you are in heresy. Jesus, that's what he did. The Bible says that how God, in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Who went about? Oh man, is Jesus going about today? Is Jesus going about today? Is Jesus alive today? The Bible says that where two or more are gathered in his name, there also he is. Jesus is moving in our midst even tonight. Glory be to God. His fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed. So you see, they brought it to him. That is why yesterday I said, if what you are dealing with is, a is the result of the devil, then you ought to rejoice because Jesus has made us, me and you, not just me, not just Pastor Cindy, not just Adam. Jesus has made you and I demon caster outers. We are, so, we are, let me tell you this, it doesn't matter whether you know it or you don't know it, you are about to know it. You are a demon caster outer. If somebody asks you, who, who are you? You said, I am a demon caster outer. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So they said they brought unto him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. Torments. I remember uh, when I used to travel with Pastor Jonathan, we went into um, Courtney's um, neck of the wood, Plaquemine, Louisiana. And at the end of the service, I was, you know, I used to run the product table for him. And at the end of the service, I was sitting outside, I packed, you know, waiting for, because he was talking to people, I was sitting outside. Back then, I didn't really like to talk to anybody. It hasn't changed much, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little bit better, you know. So I would always try to avoid people. Always. Sometimes I'll be at a store and I'll see somebody I know, and I'm like, Father, please don't let them talk to me. Don't let them talk to me. Don't let them talk to me. So I was sitting outside and there was this lady and she was talking, talking, talking. 
And I could clearly tell that she was tormented. But she was so hype. I'm not saying that every hyper person is tormented. But she was, you know, yesterday when I talked about the makeup, everybody, you know, was, people were looking around. I heard about 50 people went to Morari and started examining her makeup. <laughs> I heard Marari came here without makeup today. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not saying that when somebody is hyper, but this, it was like you could tell there was something wrong with her. She's very hyper, very hyper. And I was just sitting down, I was looking at her, she was talking to everybody. And she came, hey, what's your name? And I looked at her and I said, when was the last time you slept? Seriously. And she started crying. When was the last time you slept? She started crying. She said, I haven't slept in about five days. I don't even know if you could survive. Tormented by devils. Her mind cannot stop racing. Let me tell you this poor devil. The devil is wicked. The devil is bad. Tormented by devils. So we prayed for her and cast the devil out of her. I remember somebody wrote me on morning prayer again. Probably a word from the Lord. I need to go back and start doing it. <laughs> somebody wrote me and said, I haven't been able to sleep in three days. Can you please help me? And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command that spirit to let loose of you. And I declared that may your sleep be sweet. He said that that night, I felt like, we've had those, a lot of testimonies like that. I'm, I'm trying to like even search the archives of my mind. A lot of testimonies like that. The devil tormenting people. They can't sleep. It's people that can't even leave their house because of demonic torment and demonic harassment. But let me tell you this, there is a church that is rising up in, in Houston, Texas. That is full of demon caster outers that will cast out devils in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. So then they brought unto him all the sick. They brought unto Jesus. They brought unto him the sick. You must bring the sick to Jesus. You know, because when you leave, some of the places we go, people have no option. They don't have any option than to bring their sick to Jesus. In America, there is too many options. It's like after we have exploited all avenues and there is no hope, let's say, let's go and try out. See, I am not against medicine. I'm not against all those kind of things. I'm not. But there is a God. I know the great physician. There is a God whose name is the Lord God that healeth. You understand what I'm saying? So they brought unto him all those who were tormented. So any kind of demonic torment, anyone that is tormented by devils, Jesus heals. Jesus healed then and he's healing today. Amen. And those who were demon possessed and epileptics, you know, demon possessed. And yesterday I shared even stories about people who had, we've had so many. I remember the first time that I actually realized that I could cast out a devil. This, is, this was a very huge revelation for me. 
when, you know, when I had just got saved, we went to a, a prayer retreat in um, uh, Keswick, New Jersey. And one of the nights, we would, after we go through the whatever they would do, and then at the night, a group of us would go back and pray till like, you know, midnight, like till 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. And we were praying, and one girl, all of a sudden, we'd been praying for two hours. One of the girls that was praying with us all of a sudden said, I have a headache. It's like, we've been praying for two hours, and all of a sudden, he developed a headache. I knew there was something wrong, so we started praying for her, and she was just standing there. So I, I had an anointing oil in my pocket. I used to carry small bottles of anointing oil. So I took it out of my pocket, and the moment we touched her with the oil, she started manifesting, and everybody moved away. And, you know, we've been praying, so I wanted to see if what I've been, you know, if something is, <laughs> if there was something working. So I, this girl was galloping out on the floor like a bull. I said, stop! And she stopped. I said, kneel down! She knelt down. Lie down! She lied down. I said, ah, it's working. <laughs> it's working. It's working. Oh, man, you should see me. I was walking around like T.L. Osborne or Robert A.A. <laughs> Allen. It's like after we left and we went, we went back home to our church in Worcester that Sunday, man, I was walking around like like I was Benny Hinn. <laughs> Took off my suit, and when I see you, psh, psh. <laughs> But you know what Jesus said? He says that don't rejoice because demons obey you. Because that is supposed to be the normal life of every believer. There is nothing special about it. Because there is nothing special about the devil. There is nothing special about Satan. There is nothing, nothing about him. He has no power. The Bible says that for God, Jesus has stripped him of all his powers. So if devils come out, there is nothing. It doesn't show that you are anointed. It just shows that you are a Christian. That's it. That's all it is. It just shows that you are, you are a Christian. So they brought unto him demon-possessed. Epileptics, we were just in um, Laredo, Texas, and one of the nights I've just given an altar call. And a few people, you know, a couple people came forward to receive Jesus, closed out the service, powerful meetings. We had miracles there. It's a huge crowd. It's about a 3,000-seat auditorium, beautiful church. And at the end of the service, I was sitting down. People were talking to me. People were coming for prayer and all that. And I heard a noise in the back. It's a big auditorium, so it's like, a, it's deep. And then I looked and I asked one of the ladies, what is happening? They said, oh, there's a guy, there's a man, one of the men that came to the altar call is having epileptic episodes. I said, oh, okay. Poor devil. So, I was just sitting down, so one lady came and said, hey, can you please go there to help? Man, you don't, the devil does not run my time. I don't get up because there is somebody having, a, the devil decided to flare up. No. I do what I want to do. I'm a man of God, you know. <laughs> so I ignored. I ignored. And I was talking to people. There was a line of people talking to them. And it was going on there. There were pastors around him. I, you know, I was looking at the corner of my eyes. So let these people deal with it. You know, they, they don't believe in the Holy Ghost. They don't believe in those things. Let them deal with it. <laughs> so I finished talking to people. The second lady came, can you please go there to help? I didn't even look at her face, ignored her, talking to people. 
until I finished with the last person. And then one lady came. She was much nicer. So I got up, casually walked to the back. When I went, they were trying to load him up in a wheelchair. You know, you could see he couldn't open his eyes. He was like, he couldn't even sit. He was like stiff like this. Trying to sit him in the wheelchair and load him up in the car. See, it is very, very sad. It's, it is, it's heartbreaking. When the church, who God has given power and authority to, don't even know how to deal with a simple demonic case. I, I should have never been called. No. Never. Should have never, never happened. When you come to Revival Today Church, there is a lot of things that happen that Pastor Jonathan never hears about it. I'm telling you, that's the truth. So, they, I went, they were trying to load him up. I looked at him and I grabbed his hands, picked up his hand. I said, do you believe that Jesus can set you free? And he was just like, dead, you know, stiff. I said, now open your eyes and look at me. He was trying. I said, op- I said open your eyes and look at me. And then the, when he was able to like gain eye contact with me a little bit, I said, now manifest. And he started shaking again. The devil started shaking. Man, actually he was shaking, you know. You know, Adam is into health stuff, so you know, like the thing that they stand on and it vibrates. It was actually feeling good. I was like, let me let, me let him shake it a little bit. <laughs> Probably shake all this fat out of my body. <laughs> Poor devil. We could make fun of the devil. We have to laugh at the devil. So he was shaking. I said, now stop in the name of Jesus. And he stopped. He said, come out of him. Boom. It didn't take too My wife was, it didn't take long. His eyes came open. He jumped out of the wheelchair. And he said, I'm strong. I'm strong. He started running around and shouting, I am healed. He wrote me about two, two months later. And he, says that, he said, I used to have epilepsy every week. And he said, since you prayed for me, I haven't taken one single medication. And I haven't, one, I haven't had one single episode. Jesus. Healed epilepsy. And the paralytics, he healed more. That is the God that we serve. That is the Jesus. They brought unto him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. Various diseases and torments. And he healed them all. Go to verse 25. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordans. Hallelujah. I want to speak tonight, and I know time, this is just my introduction. And I'm <laughs> How to receive miracle healing. How to receive miracle healing. Number one. You must recognize that the day of miracles and healing has not passed. You must recognize that. Because religious and um, theologians who do not know God or have not encountered God have lied to the church under the unction of demonic influence, have told 
believers, good well-wishers, good people, that the last healing ended with the apostles, that God is not healing today. But let me tell you this. The fact that one person got healed is a proof that God is still in the healing business. And I've told you many testimonies, and I could tell you many testimonies more by the grace of God, of many people that have encountered God and received a miracle and a healing. You saw in that video that I just showed, they brought a baby who maybe was dead because there was, it didn't look like there was any life in the baby. The mom brought the baby. When you go to Africa, you see that a lot. The mom brought the baby to the crusade. The baby wasn't moving. The baby wasn't talking. There was nothing. The baby was just there. And the mom held the baby at the crusade. And by the end of the night, when we began to pray for the sake, the baby popped up. And the baby started crawling again. And the baby started moving again. Tell me if that was the work of the devil or the work of God. You must recognize that the day of miracles has not passed. Healing is included in the ministry for everyone. Healing is, in the, is included in Christ's ministry for everyone. It is included in Jesus' ministry for everyone. People are healed when they come to the revelation of truth. See, when you come into the truth of God's word, that is when you receive your healing. You realize in meetings, even like this, all of a sudden you would see somebody, the light bulb would go off, and all of a sudden, though they came into the meeting sad, they would be happy because they caught something. Hallelujah. People are healed when they come into the revelation of the truth because when you start believing the truth, you begin to... Um, to get ready to forget all the lies. You must believe that Jesus is a healer. And Jesus is your healer. You must come into the truth of Jesus as your healer. Hallelujah. You must recognize that. You must come into revelation of that. You must know that. You must know. This, that God is a healer. God is a healer. And God never changes. For you to receive your miracle, you must know that God is a healer. And God never changes. In Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. Exodus chapter 15 verse 26, the last part. The Bible says that God said that for I am the Lord who heals you. You see, in there is, in the Bible, you can find at least seven redemptive names of God. He's our Savior. He's our provider. And in the seven redemptive names of God, God, your healer, Jehovah Rapha, is one of them. So you realize that God was our healer before there was ever any sickness. God was our healer before anybody ever needed him to heal them. God was our healer in the garden of Eden, when our, before sin ever came to being, God is our healer. He said, I am the Lord God that healed thee. God never changed. He never changed then, and he's not changing now. Hallelujah. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, he says, Therefore I am the Lord God, and I do not change. 
I am the Lord God and I do not change. So you have to know that God is a healer. He's my healer and he never changes. So if God never changed, then he's not changing with me. He's not changing with my story. The Bible says that over 2 million Israelites walked in the wilderness and God sustained them in divine health. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is a healer. And God never changes. God is a physician. God is a physician. God was a healer before anyone ever asked him to heal them. Glory be to God. You must know that Jesus healed the sick and Jesus never changed. I've read scriptures about they brought unto him many who were sick and demon possessed and he healed them all. In Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible said that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Jesus healed. Jesus healed them. When he walked on the face, the Bible says the woman who had been suffering for 12 years and had not had spent all her money in Mark chapter 5, him had spent all her money trying to get better. But yes, so her problem grew worse. When the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment, immediately she was healed. Jesus healed. Blind Bartimaeus cried out and he opened his eyes. Jesus met a man who had been, who had been crippled for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda, and Jesus healed him. Jesus met a woman in the temple, a daughter of Abraham who had been bent over for 18 years, and Jesus healed her. Jesus healed before, and Jesus never changed. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he healed before, then he is healing today. Because he never changes. If he stops healing, then he has changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus never changed. He never changed his ways. He never changed the way he looks. He never got um, a facelift, a BBL. <laughs> just joking. Jesus never changed. Hallelujah. I was just trying to see if you guys are awake. That's all. Jesus never changed. The disciples of Jesus healed the sick. And a true disciple does not change. The descriptions of a disciple hasn't changed. A disciple healed the sick and the qualification of a disciple hasn't changed. We just because everything is changing, we don't we haven't changed who a disciple is. Hallelujah. So if the disciples heal the sick and the disciples never change, then healing the sick never changed. Amen. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 to 8. Matthew chapter 10, verse 78. The Bible says, Then as you go, Jesus speaking to the disciples. As you go, speaking to the disciples, not the apostles, not the evangelists, not the prophets. These were disciples that Jesus sent out. The Bible says that first he sent out the 12 and later he sent out 72. He said, as you go, saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick. Jesus said that to the disciples, heal the sick. And a true disciple has not changed. Hallelujah. So 
When I come all the way from Pittsburgh to Houston, Texas, to heal the sick, I am only following the instructions of Jesus. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely you give. A true disciple has not changed. One of the miracle proofs, one miracle proves that Jesus still performs miracles and miracles has not passed away. Anytime you hear of a miracle or you see a miracle, it's a proof that God still performs miracles and miracles have not passed away. It doesn't matter what book you said. It doesn't matter what theologian told you. Hallelujah. Because it is very, very easy. Like I said, it is very easy to talk and make arguments about something that you have no idea of. It's very easy. You know, I would never have to argue with any theologian. All I have to do is, why don't you come to my revival service at the Power of Love Church? Why don't you get on the plane and fly with me into the bush of Africa? There's nothing to argue about. If you believe that healing is dead, healing is no longer of today, then why don't you come with me to Africa? Why don't you come with me to Laredo, Texas? Why don't you come with me to Houston? There's nothing to argue about. No. There's nothing. I don't have anything to prove to anyone. Just come and see. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. One miracle proves that miracle has not passed. One healing proves that healing has not passed. Hallelujah. John chapter 8 verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews, believe him. Jesus said to the Jews who believe him, if you abide in my word and you are all what? My disciples. So a true disciple hasn't changed. Because a true disciple abides in the words of God, in the words of Jesus. And in the words of Jesus, he says that go, cast out devils and heal the sick. That is the words of Jesus. He said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciple. That has not changed. That hasn't changed. That is still in effect today. So it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. This is the word. He Who is a disciple? One that abides in the words of Jesus. Understand this, that the early church healed the sick and the true church has not changed. There is a lot of fake churches out there. But the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ has not changed. In Acts chapter 3, the Bible talks about um, Peter and John. They were on their way to prayer, to church, like we have come tonight. And they saw a man at the gate called Beautiful. The man has been sitting down there maybe for a very long time. And, you know, Acts chapter 3, they had just experienced, coming to the experience of the power of the Holy Spirit. They now have experienced the Holy Spirit just as Jesus had. And they were going to the temple. And this man grabbed, probably perhaps grabbed on the, tugged on the pants. Or the, the, you know, they didn't use wear pants, they didn't use wear those gowns. Tugged on the gown of one of the disciples. 
And he says, hey, can you give me some money? And Peter probably looked at John and said, you know what? If Jesus was here, what would Jesus do? He says, silver or gold have I none. Not because he probably didn't have money. He probably had money. But he realized that what the man needed wasn't money, but what he needed was the power of God to break him out of that bondage. Because you can give him all the money in the world. As long as he is crippled, he is limited. But if you heal him, he could go out there and make his own money. Hallelujah. So the true church, that is how the true church, the first church, that is how they acted, that is how they performed. They prayed that, oh God, stretch forth your hands and perform mighty miracles. And the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ has not changed. You know, you could go around this church and pass out a microphone and there is many people that are here because of a, a powerful encounter of God, how God has delivered them from a life of crime, a life of drugs, a life of abuse, a life of trouble. God, you know, you came in contact with the power of God and the power of God has completely revolutionized and transformed your life and that is why you are plugged into this house because the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ has never changed. He says they go out and heal the sick cast out devils hallelujah the the true church has never changed so this is why I believe in miracles because God is still the same I am the Lord God and I change it not so if he has done it before then that is who he is I believe that Jesus Christ is the same he said I am the same yesterday today and forevermore Hallelujah. The early church healed the sick. The Bible said that Jesus, when he crossed over to the other side, there was a man at the gatherings. Many of you are familiar with the story. The man that was possessed with a legion of demons. And Jesus cast out the devils out of the man. And the man says that I want to follow you. Jesus said, no, don't follow me. Why don't you go and tell people and the Bible says that he went to, to the Decapolis. Means, the Decapolis means 10 cities. And he told them about what Jesus has done for them. So you realize that even what I'm talking about, it is not only reserved for the pastor or the preacher or the evangelist or the apostle. It is the responsibility of all disciples, all those that believe God. Let me tell you this. You can get out and go out there and be used mightily of God to help people, to cast out devils and to heal the sick. That is, you see, every disciple, every believer is called to do what I'm doing. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. The Bible talks about a woman. You know, um, a woman at the well who had had five husbands. And as when I hear T.L. Osborne talk about this story, it's, it's interesting how his perspective about it. Because C.L. Osborne believes that she hasn't had five husbands. Five husbands have had her. Because, and I, I agree with him. Because if you look at that era, a woman couldn't have a husband. A husband had a woman. A husband had a wife. A woman couldn't have a husband. Because in the, even today in the Middle East, women are the lowest in their society. So just imagine, how can, how can one woman have five men? She was probably 
couldn't have a baby, couldn't have children. So this guy uses her and dumps her. This guy uses her and dumps her. This guy uses her and dumps her. But it is very interesting of how many preachers have made her out to be a prostitute. But you know, the Bible never said that she was a prostitute. The Bible said that she was a woman that has been through five guys. Husbands. So she wasn't just, you know, she, she, she got married and they divorced her. She got married and they divorced her. It's interesting how even we always push women down. We always undermine women. We always talk down on women. Even from the pulpit. It's sad. But it is interesting how this woman went into her town, all of a sudden became a witness of her encounter with Jesus and spoke and the whole town, the Bible says, the whole town, the whole town came to hear Jesus. Okay, you don't believe in women preachers. Explain that to me. I'm telling you, explain that to me. I'm not, I know I'm speaking to the choir because you your pastor is a woman, so this is not a place. I'm just talking to the people online. Because she went and talked about Jesus in her town. And the whole village, the whole town, the Bible said, came to hear Jesus. Tell me what man can go and speak in a place and the whole town follows them. Yeah. So you see, it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or you're a man. I've given you two examples, the demon-possessed man and the woman at the well. They had an encounter, so all you got to do to heal the sick is just go and tell people the things I'm telling you. Yeah. Tell people the, the things you have seen, yeah. the miracles you've heard, yeah. and say that, hey, can I pray for you? Yeah. And pray for them. And the Bible says that for these signs shall follow them that believe that in my name they shall cast out devils and heal the sick. Simple. Very, very simple. That's all God has called us to do. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I believe that miracles are for today because God never changes. God never changes. Healing is for today because Jesus never changes. The church, the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ never changed. A true apostle never changed. The Bible said in Mark chapter 16, can you put Mark chapter 16 verse 15 to 18? All believers are commissioned by God. See, it is, it is for the all believers. And he said to them, this is a commission from Jesus Christ. One of his last instructions he gave to the church. And he said to them, go into all, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those. See, he says that these signs will. So all you got to do is to believe. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, they will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick. You see, so Jesus gave the believers a commission. He said, they shall lay their hands on the sick, and the sick will be more sick. And the sick will die right after. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and the sick will, not maybe, not might, 
the sick will recover. Hallelujah. A true believer has not changed. Because a true believer has received instructions from Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. All believers have been commissioned. And a true believer has not changed. Hallelujah. Jesus said, and most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me. He who believes in me, Jesus is saying, and John chapter 14 verse 12. John chapter 14 verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works. So, Every believer, all believers have the potentiality to do greater works than Jesus did. That is the truth. We have the ability to outperform Jesus. Maybe Jesus was talking about, you know, now we are exposed to things that he never had, advantage. He never had as an advantage. You have a car, he never had a car. So you could drive to places and preach the gospel. You had a plane, he never had a plane. So you could fly to places and preach the gospel. You could pick up your phone, he never had a phone, and call many people. You could go print, you could write a literature about the gospel and print it and distribute it. And many people would hear the gospel through your writings. And he never had, he never had any press to print anything. He said that the works that you see me do. So then we have to look at all the works that Jesus did. What was the works that he did? He healed the sick. He said that you also. So Jesus is saying, yes, if I healed a hundred people, you can heal thousands of people. Glory be to God. The works that I do, you would also do, and greater works than this would you do. So all believers, I believe that healing is for today. I believe that you can be healed because all believers have been commissioned to do greater works than Jesus did. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can do greater works than Jesus did. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus never went to Ghana. but I, I go to Ghana on his behalf. Uh, Jesus was never in Houston, but I'm in Houston on his behalf. All believers are called to do greater works. Hallelujah. Number two. If you want to receive miracle, and I'm wrapping up here, then we pray. If you want to receive miracle, you must know God's promises in the Bible. And be convinced that they are for you personally. You must know God's promises in the Bible. And you must be convinced that they are for you personally. God's promises are for me. The Bible says that for his promises, they are what? Yes, and they are amen. The greatest mistake you can make is to take the Bible as just a book to be studied. The greatest mistake you can make is to take the Bible as just a book to be studied. God's word, the Bible, this is God's word. This is God's voice for you. One of the mistakes we make is that we are trying to find secret meanings in the Bible. Did you know, it doesn't matter whether the original language was not in English, do you know that God understands English? So when you read the Bible in English, 
What it says is what God is saying to you. It's not about, you know, what, what God said that he healed, but what does it truly mean? That is what theologians have got, gotten you confused. You know, when he said that he heals, I'm the Lord that healed thee. He wasn't really talking about your physical healing. He was talking about your spiritual healing. No, that's a lie. God, God said what he meant, and he meant what he said. Hallelujah. Do you know that you are not dumb? You are not stupid. You are not unintelligent. Don't say that I don't understand the Bible. Whatever you read is what it is. Hallelujah. What you thought it was is what it is. Oh, so you are telling me that when I read that he said, for I sent forth my word and it healed you. He was talking about me. Yes, he was talking about you. When you read the word, this is the voice of God for you. Hallelujah. Don't get your mind all worked up. Don't get your mind all confused. Don't listen to people who have not even healed a fly before because not because they can't, because they chose to confuse themselves. And they are walking around confusing others so that others can be confused just like them. But you realize that even those confused people, when they hit rock bottoms, they run to the church and they're trying to look for help. Hallelujah. Believe God's word. Believe in it. It is yours. God is speaking to you. God is talking about you. Hallelujah. You have to understand that the truth is not just in a theory. Truth is not a thought. Truth is not a feeling. Truth is a person. Hallelujah. The Bible said, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible is not a revelation of Paul, revelation of Peter. The Bible is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the truth. The Bible is revealing Jesus for us. Jesus, the Son of God, the image of the Almighty God. And now the Bible said that we are in him. So Jesus is the express image of God. And we are in him and living his life. So now we have become the image of God through Christ Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1, the Bible says that he has presented us in himself. He has presented us in himself. So now we are the express image of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus is the savior of the world. That's what the Bible tells us. But that's what the Bible is showing us. Jesus saves the world. Jesus is the master of the world. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our provider. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. Jesus is our restorer. If you have a broken marriage, Jesus will restore your marriage. Jesus is our redeemer. Hallelujah. That is what, that's what the Bible is. The Bible is revealing Jesus for us. And if we are in Christ, hallelujah. And the Paul said, the life that I live is no longer that I live, but Christ lives in me. And he says that if I live, I am in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 2, thanks be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. So the Bible is taught, revealing Jesus to us. And our life is hidden in him. So he said, as he is, so are we. Hallelujah. As he is, so 
are we? So then, the more you see Christ, the more you see yourself. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Daniel chapter 11, for they that know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. The more you see Christ, the more you see yourself. And the more you see, you, you see the, the promises of God, the more you see what God is saying concerning your life. There is a story that I heard Dr. T.L. Osborne shared. He says that there was this lady who was dying of tuberculosis. The doctors have done everything that they could and she was left to die. So they left the death certificates in the house and told the mother that when she dies, just fill it in, write the date and the time that she passed away. So she's in the house. But they were a very strong Christian family. They were taught to believe the Bible. So she would read the Bible time and, and time and time after. And then put first Peter 2.24 on the screen. And then one day she was reading the Bible. And she read 1 Peter 2.24. Go to 23. 21. So she was reading the Bible. And she was reading 1 Peter chapter 2. So she read, For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. So she was reading that in her sick bed. And she said that Jesus bore our sins in himself on the tree, that we haven't died to sin, my live for righteousness. So he said, Jesus died for our sins so that we can live in righteousness. And then she kept on reading, by whose stripes you were healed. And all of a sudden, she came to the realization, the revelation, that Jesus died so that we can live. And he bore our sickness. So by his stripes, we are healed. So with a weak, feeble voice, she called her mom. And he said, Mom, come and look at this. The Bible says that Jesus died that I might live. The mom said, oh, baby, calm down. He said, yes, so I don't have to die. The mom said, baby, maybe, the, you know, you, something, you know, because they were preparing for her to die. Calm down, relax. She said, no, 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 I don't have to relax. He says that the Bible said about whose stripes you were here. The mom said, I know. But calm down. He said, Mom, but you taught us to believe God's word. He said, I did. But calm down. He said, Mom, can you get my red dress ready? He said, Baby, you need to rest. You need to take it easy. You are very ill. And he said, No, Mom. If Jesus said, if Jesus died that I might live, then that means that I don't have to die. If Jesus, oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You see, that is it. When you come into the truth, you begin to forget all the lies. 
Many people have been preparing to die. But let me tell you this. You don't have to die sick. You can die when you want to die. But the devil does not have to determine when you die. Because Jesus died that you might live. Hallelujah. He said, he said, I don't have to die. Mommy said, calm down. Calm down. So the mom called the father. The father was at the shop. He said, come on, there's something wrong with our daughter. And then she got up, she, she got up, went to the closet, got her red dress. And she started moving around. You see, that is what I'm saying. When you come into the truth, when you realize the truth, it is like a new life is ingested into your being. When you realize the truth, all of a sudden, all your sadness, all your sorrow goes away because you know that I don't have to live like this anymore. If Jesus died for me, then I don't have to die. If Jesus bore my sickness, then I don't have to bore my sickness anymore. Hallelujah. The Bible said in, in Hebrews chapter, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, that he himself bore our sickness. He himself bore our sickness. He took our infirmities and bore our sickness. So while she was reading the Bible, he said, no, by his stripes I were healed. By his stripes I were healed. So when Taylor's mom tells the story, she began to move. And she felt weak when she was moving. She would fall down, but she would get up. She took her brush, stood in the mirror. She looked thin like a skeleton. But she began to comb her hair and begin to say that by his stripes, I were healed. She's combing her hair, though she was weak. She said, by his stripes, I were healed. And continued to confess the word. Continued to spoke the word. And she began to move around. By his stripes, I were healed. I don't have to die. I am alive forever. I live in Christ. I don't have to die by his stripes I were healed she began to comb her hair and then all of a sudden she felt strength coming back in her body she started moving around and dancing around and when the mom and dad came home she was in the living room playing music moving around and dancing around and she was completely healed she has gained her strength back oh hallelujah the word of God is invigorating the Bible said that the word that God speaks it is full of power the word is able to heal you the word is able to deliver you and the word is able to set you free you don't have to carry your sickness another day you don't have to leave here sick you don't have to leave here bound you can leave here healed by the power of the holy ghost in the name of jesus if you receive it shout a big amen and make some noise unto the lord hallelujah hallelujah You don't have to put up with the devil's mess. You don't have to put up with the devil's mess. You have to learn. You know, religion will tell you you have to live a holy life, but holiness is living like God. The Bible says that be ye holy for he is holy. Holiness is living like God. And what is the greatest way to live like God? Like touching people like God did. Going into the street, looking for the sick people and laying hands on them, casting out, casting out the spirit of infirmity from them. What is the greatest, what, what is greater than that? Living a practical Christian life. You know, some people are too holy for, for they are too heavenly minded for earthly good. 
Yeah, hey, brother. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm living a holy life. Don't talk to me. No. The greatest holiness is wrapping your, your hands around the sick and saying that you don't have to be sick. Wrapping your hands around that homeless person and let's get you cleaned up. Let's get you washed up. Let's get you sanitized. Let's get you a job. Get back on your feet. Begin to walk. Begin to live the life that God has prepared for you to live. Glory be to God. Looking at the woman in the wheelchair, the lady in the wheelchair, and saying that, listen, you don't have to remain in this wheelchair. That is practical. That is the Christian life. That is practical Christianity. That is Christianity. Not looking like you drank a jar of pickle juice. Oh, I pray, I pray 23 hours a day. I live a fostered life. No. Practical Christianity. That is what God has called us to do. To believe his word and act upon his word. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. That in my name you shall cast out devils. You shall lay your hands on the, upon the sick and the sick shall, shall recover. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God is for you. The word of God is for you. It says that the word, the word of God is for you. The word of God is God's voice for you. There's many people that you've been, you've been going from church to church, revival service, revival service, looking for healings. And yeah, you still go, but you've given up because you've had every Tom, Dick, and Harry lay hands on you and you didn't receive anything. And let me tell you this, there is nothing called a prayer that didn't work. There's nothing called that. There is nothing called a prayer that didn't work. The problem is that people, and I'm not saying this disrespectfully. I'm saying this with all honesty and all sincerity. And if it would, I wish it would help you. But the problem is that people are too lazy to incline their ears to the word of God. Because they could tell you who has prayed for them, but if you ask them what they preach, they can't tell you what they preach. That is the truth. Because the Bible said that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some, yes, I said before, sometimes it must be progression. Because people are different. People absorb quicker than the others. But you must incline your ears to the word of God. Little here, little there. Precept upon precept. Incline your ear to the word of God. I'm telling you this. If you allow the seed of the word to take root in your heart, you are surely going to come back with a testimony. It is impossible. He says that it is impossible for the word that God has spoken to return to him void. But it would accomplish the purpose by which he has sent it to accomplish. When you give yourself to God's word and understand, like I quoted in, a, in Exodus chapter 15 verse 26, that he is the Lord God that heals you. That God is your healer. 
1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. That he himself bore our sickness, that by his stripes we are healed. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we haven't died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. Psalm 103, verse 3. Who forgives all of your iniquities and who heals all of your diseases? Who forgives all of your iniquities and who heals all of your diseases? In Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, that he himself took your iniquities and bore our sickness. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. And then 1 Peter 2, 24 again. That by whose stripes we are healed. That is the word of the Lord. That is the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want everyone to rise up on your feet. I'm going to pray for you shortly. Just rise up on your feet quickly.